Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to an episode of Scouser Tommies that we did not think we'd be doing. This time, well, maybe not this time last week, but late last week, we thought we might sort of have a bit of a break because, you know, games coming thick and fast, trying to fit podcasts in, and, you know, we, we... maybe discuss stuff after the Brighton game and look ahead to what's going on after that and talk about the season so far, all that kind of stuff. Probably didn't think we'd be doing a podcast on the Monday after the game on Saturday, but as anyone who doesn't live in a bubble will know, Saturday's game was not a normal game. I'm Jim Boardman, I'm with Jay Reed, and, well, be- before the game, you think, could go either way, could win, could lose, could draw, all of, the- all of this stuff, and um, you hope for a win and all the rest of it. And... As we've done, I would say, probably on every podcast we've done on Scouts and Tommy's this season, on, on Raws that I've done this season, even when I went on the radio, just about any game this season, and plenty last. Um, talking about referees seems to be the thing. And time and again, we're saying, can we please have a game where we don't have to talk about referees? And I think it's happened once this season. And we talked about referees because we said, wow, we haven't really got much to say about a referee. Rest of the time, there's always something going wrong. But I think it's safe to say that on Saturday we got like a whole season's worth of refereeing, I don't know, debacles all in one game. Um, it's where do you start with that? But then there's been plenty that's, that's happened since. I mean, that was half five Saturday. We're recording this at sort of quarter past four Monday, so less than 48 hours later. And the amount of stuff that's gone on since, the amount of stuff that's been said, amount of um, people changing their mind on what they think, amount of people using it in a tribal way and it's just been a mess but you know the bottom line is that Liverpool have said quite clearly that they're going to look into ways to get this looked at you know they're they're not happy it needs escalating and talking about how it's had an impact on sport and integrity and I think from you know we've also heard that Liverpool are going to appeal one of the red cards that um, there's other stuff about what happened you know with the officials and why 
maybe they made mistakes. I mean, it feels like this story's going to run and run, but I mean, bottom line, Jay, is how long? Well, we, I, mean, I don't know how long, but for, for just for ages now, what have we been saying that um, the way we get games refereed in this country is just not fit for purpose? And they couldn't have sort of proved our point any more than they did on Saturday. Well, in the essence of what's going on, I think I need to start with an apology because we had a short chat at the end of the last podcast about three days ago, I think we recorded, uh, maybe four days ago. Um, and I said, oh, did this fella, Simon Newper, um, he seems all right. We had him for Villa. I don't seem to remember him, you know, making any sorts of headlines. Uh, he's from Swindon, so he's not one of the greatest Manchester referees. And he seems like he might be all right. Uh, yeah, I was... I was proved very wrong there, wasn't it? And, and I suppose if I issue an apology, that might be enough um, because that seems to be, the, you know, the, the, the dumb thing in the standard these days. Is that is that, is that correct in my thinking? Uh, well, no, you don't actually have to do an apology because PGMOL don't do an apology. You just say it was a, a, a mistake and, you know, that you'll tell people about it. Well, and here you are, you're telling people about it. But don't apologise, they don't. All oh, right, maybe it was a human error upon my behalf. Um, <laughs> yeah, just have to clear that one up. Um We'll we'll come to you know apologies and human errors maybe a bit later on as well. Well, uh, that was the most bizarre game of football I've ever watched for so many reasons. Um, you know it it was touted um, as you know the, the the clash of two teams who start the season very well and you know both sort of wanting to play football in the right way um, as it's deemed. Um, you know, ball on the ground, a lot of attacking football, a lot of nice football, and, and at times in that game we've seen that. Um, you know, if we're going to give credit anywhere, so, uh, Spurs' goal was a great bit of football, and the openers up. Um, True, and you know we had opportunities um, throughout that game where we played some lovely football. Unfortunately, whistles and flags seem to halt that sort of progress. You think kind of obviously that the offside. Um, you know, Mo Salah being assaulted and then being accused of actually fouling someone else when he's clearing the box and probably rolling the ball across for the tapping. And um, when at that at that time, we're one man down, but it it certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. And there's people out there, and I've I've, I've certainly bought into it this weekend of the the way corruption within the game. You know what I mean? And there's there's people who have been on this bandwagon for a long time um, and you know things that have happened over recent years it, it, there's a whiff of dodginess about it um, and you know at, at times you can in the past you, you'd say like you know an offside could be an offside because of lies and might just have got it wrong and before the AR it was just accepted you know referees aren't perfect nobody is um, they might have missed something but over the season it'll even itself out and VAR was meant to be brought in to try and eradicate um, these questionable decisions and make sure clear and obvious things were identified and eradicated and changed and the two words clear and obvious are actually what we're not getting at all from VAR and the officials in this game there's nothing clear about what they're doing there's nothing obvious other than blatant mistakes Um it's it's certainly buying into to a lot of conspiracy theories, you know, in in a week when Barcelona were charged with fifteen years of corruption of bribery of referees and a certain individual who's manager of a club down the East Lanks, 
was mm. manager of that club for several of them years. You know, it does it does raise a lot of smoke, and at the moment, there tends to be a lot of smoke and quite a few flames from the fire to get them fanned, and it might raise a few eyebrows. It might take a lot of eyes to look into it, but the underlying problem that I've got is the PGMOL and the officials within the game are very much like you know the, the politics of this country. You know that. The, the mirror image of society where the politicians can seem to do what they like and make up rules as they go along, you know, even even involved in sort of bribery and conspiracy, um, and nothing happens because who pleases them? You know what I mean? That the public can be outraged as much as they want, and mm. you know, strikes can happen, um, you know, and disruption sort of within the day to day life of other people. However, these these people are charlatans. They seem to do whatever they like, um, and they're untouchable and. The game of football, as we've often said, is ninety minutes or you know a couple of hours of your week where you want to get away from from real life. You know you you work hard, and if you're lucky enough to be able to pay for the ticket to go and watch your team, you know you'd expect just to to leave all your troubles at the turnstile and you go in. And for those couple of hours alone, you're a football fan and you're engrossed in the football team and the players on the pitch, and and that's your attention. However, more and more these days, we're finding ourselves coming out of that turnstile scratching our heads wondering what was actually going on in the game of football that's taken place is actually the bottom of the discussion list and that shouldn't be what we're doing with football these days but it's getting more and more of a frequent occurrence and something needs to be done about it because the game as we've known and loved and grown up with it it's rapidly changing if they call this modern football then I'm not sure many people are going to be subscribing to modern football for a long time Oh, I mean, we, we laugh at Evertonians because they've had bad decisions down the years that they can remember like with amazing recall. Um, and we laugh about it because, you know, it's it's kind of like, it's part of the game that mistakes are going to get made, that decisions that are dodgy are going to happen. And um, sometimes the TV shows you that it's a blatantly wrong decision. Sometimes um, people argue for weeks and weeks and weeks whether it was blatant or not. And in a way, that's kind of the problem with VAR because... It shows you the blatant wrongs, and if the people who are operating it are doing it properly, they can make sure that the blatant wrong is fixed on the spot, and we all move on. And it's not even that big a deal, you know. We can see ourselves that was what happened. Then there's the times when it's a bit more sort of borderline, and you can sort of toss a coin which way the referee's going to go. And the reason you can toss a coin is because you've seen a game last week where this happened the week before and the same thing pretty much happened and the week before something else and yet three times the same pretty much incident gets three different outcomes um, sometimes it's play on sometimes it's a red sometimes it's a yellow all all, the, all of the time we're getting this and, um, and you and me have said it over and over and over again how we want transparency and I think the lack of transparency as much as anything is what's making people start talking about conspiracies because there's there's literally if they've got nothing to hide I don't know why they hide everything that's my feeling on it if you've got something to hide then you know I mean these aren't trade secrets what are they worried about I mean it's not like I don't know you know I've worked for companies where I'm about to sign an NDA and the reason I'm about to sign an NDA is because we're doing stuff that we don't want other people to kind of get a get wind of and kind of steal our trade if you like so you know I get that in business you get NDAs you have to keep things quiet I understand that you know you need to keep things quiet when say disciplinary things are going on and stuff like that there's literally nothing stopping them there's nothing stopping them 
giving us all the audio feed from every single game as it happens. We've said it again over and over, other sports, rugby, NFL, I don't know, both types of rugby. Um, I'm guessing lots of other sports as well. Um, the ref talks to someone who's got access to video cameras and between them, they explain what they saw, what they didn't see. They look for angles and they explain it all. Um, what happens in the Premier League? What happens in English football? It's sort of all done, you know, unless you're a lit reader. You've not, not a clue what's being said by the ref. And even if you're a lit reader, you don't know what's being said by the VAR because you don't get to see it. I don't believe other countries having the same problems with VAR. And I think one of the other things that's wound me up this weekend, God, there's so much that's wound me up this weekend. One of the things that's wound me up, though, is how many people are saying that this is because of VAR, we need to get rid of VAR. You and I were at League Cup game last week, no VAR. Um, Costa Simicus was brought down, looked like a foul to me. Didn't know any different goal was awarded. Later on, we had a penalty appeal turned down right in front of me. Definitely looked like a pen. Game went on, there's no VAR. And in the end, we won the game. But if we'd had VAR, then maybe things would have been different. And, you know, if we hadn't come come back and won the game, things would have been different in how we'd have all felt about it. And the thing that's winding me up most is just let's say one incident, the Luis Diaz offside goal that wasn't offside. How can that be? What happened then be a reason to say, let's get rid of VAR? Because if there hasn't wasn't VAR, it would have been ruled out. And we'd have all been saying, that's ridiculous. We need something to fix this because we're always getting linesmen who aren't seeing things properly. So I just don't get why people are doing that. And I still think this is part of the problem that since VAR was introduced, some people have decided to stick their feet in the ground very stubbornly and say, I don't like this. I don't want this tech. Some of them are refs. Some of them are pundits. Some of them are journalists. Some of them are just fans. They've decided from the off they do not want VAR. And like people who hated Brexit from the off, they'll find anything... Sorry, people who wanted Brexit from the off, they'll find anything's wrong with the EU, even if it's not true, um, just to prove the point. You know, all of that political stuff. And that's the trouble. It's become political. I I fail to see how anyone can say that the offside goal but that wasn't offside is a good reason to ban VAR. It's a good reason to make people who use VAR, it's something you said again and again, make VAR something that it's not just some older guy who's good at running around a pitch and telling players off to do. It's someone who actually gets tech, someone who knows how to rewind things and fast-forward things and press buttons for different angles and all the other stuff, or someone who understands how it works so he can ask somebody to do it for him. Yet, I know, I'm not being being funny now. We all know someone who's a little bit older and you see them on the phone squinting their face or trying to get it to work just to send a text to someone because, you know, tech isn't their thing. And I don't blame them. They're really good at other stuff. I'm crap at woodwork and things. Yeah, it feels like with the refs we're getting these, they might be the best refs in the world on the pitch, not not that they are. That doesn't automatically make them good at VAR. And this is the thing. It's not that tech's wrong. It's the way it's being used. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch? and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. 
just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. The old old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. (laughs) So so it springs to mind that my old dog slumped on the couch, obviously. (laughs) Um, I can't can't see him doing uh, jump through hoops anytime soon, but that's a different story. But the the VAR is not the problem, it's the people using it. Do you know what I mean? And, And we've said this, we've banged on, we've banged the drum. I've said it for years since VAR has been introduced. Give it to give it out of the hands of referees, take it away from referees because they're only going to protect themselves, they're only going to protect their mates, you know what I mean, you make a mistake one week, your your conscience is then affected as a very similar decision that might come up the following week because you might have been labelled as, as a mistake the week before, um, whereas you, you take it away you have an independent panel, obviously, over every game. Do you know what I mean? You're not asking for a lot. I think there was a freak occasion this weekend where there was like seven or eight three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. But even at that time, you know, if you've got, you know, several people in the room who were overseeing all games, I'm sure, you know, they, they can they can keep up to speed and handle any sort of AI decision. If you've got, you know, like, or one person's assigned to two or three games it'd be a very freak occasion where something happened at exactly the same time in each game um, but yeah a tech expert so you know but where the lines were not lines you know Sky were told there was no lines provided but other TV other TV broadcasters did have lines do you know what I mean if that, that buys into the you know the, the theory of of conspiracy that something was there to be hidden as to why didn't the main broadcaster in the UK not have lines to show us um and then they made a point of, you know, Kerry Cates making a, a, a statement at half time that the lines have not been provided to us. But then, why have Richard Keyes and uh, Andy Gray over in Qatar been able to get them on their feed? Well, yeah, maybe they you know them over there. You know, <laughs> I mean, they don't, they don't draw many lines in the sand, but that's that's something else. Um, you know, it, it it can be a human error where you know, the linesmen. For Diaz was offside, you know, the speed of Diaz, the speed of the play, you know what I mean? It, it's very easy to mistake, but VAR was there to 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 help officials and not, well, first of all, not having the semi-automated system, which the UK, uh, the Premier League, sorry, rejected. Now, whether at all through the clubs or whether it's through the PGMOL or the combined decision, you know, it, it's available in other leagues, it's available in, in European competition, I think. That, that's the one where they sort of look like they've. Yep. Walked into a door with cling film wraps over it, isn't it? Basically, yeah, like the three DWs, yeah, sort of thing. Um, you know, and it's it's been proven as worked. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's not asking for much. And this is meant to be the best league in the world. So we should have the best of everything. You know, we've got we've got the best players for the whole heart. You know, in, in most opinion, you know, like we've got a few of them in our team, the best in the world in certain positions, and. It would then beg the question as to, you know, we're thinking, what, why would Mo Salah want to go to Saudi? He might want to go to Saudi because he's not getting rocked every week. He's not getting assaulted week in, week out on the pitch and manhandled. Yeah. And then when he actually wins the ball back, he's then accused him of making a foul and flagged up for it. You know, that, that might be a reason why Mo Salah might want out this country. Do you know what I mean? Like we've got the best goalie in the world pulling off worldy saves. You know, happy birthday to him. It's his birthday today. Um, and yeah. He might think, you know what, sort this for the game of chess. I'm, I'm off somewhere where, you know, the weather's nicer because it, it's raining from now October till probably February in England. And, yeah. you know, 
I'm being put under undue pressure um, and my team are not getting you know the correct decisions of of what should be given in the game or you know an Argentine World Cup winning in midfield he's not allowed to express his feelings online in, in what might some might people deem banter with another Argentine footballer who happened to be on the opposition team the other day and could maybe face a suspension because of something he wrote online it's ludicrous what's going on and maybe then if players start thinking, you know what, I'm not staying here because it's just not worth it anymore and they start leaving the country and going to play in other leagues, maybe then we'll stand up and think, oh, I wonder why they're all going. And if they come around and they say, well, that's the reason why. You know what I mean? We're not respected as footballers in this game, in this country. And, you know, the the rules are twisted and manipulated that much that we can't understand from week to week what's going on. Then we're going to just play somewhere else where we're which is better and we're allowed to, you know, just play football because that's what we do and love. Yeah, I mean one one thing that's that struck me when you were talking then is Salah um being linked with Saudi since well, very late in the transfer window, conveniently. Um if he was thinking of doing it, I've seen reports recently that Saudi are trying to get um supposedly the top refs from Europe and people decide that includes our lot. Um, to go and join join in over in Saudi, so you know if they really do want Salah, then they better just scrap that idea completely. Because um, I mean, there was so much that happened on Saturday. What happened to Salah um, on any other game? We'd have been talking about that in depth, but it kind of got almost got glossed over because there was so much happening. Um, it's just it was just ninety minutes of, of blunders and errors, and um, I think I mentioned it on on another pod on Anfield in next this weekend that I saw the ref when he was going over to Robbo. Um, just shaking his head in that sort of arrogant looking down at someone that's beneath him way to sort of you know with his card at hand ready to book Robbo when you know there was a time once when refs showed some discretion and, st- and they are still allowed when you look into FA rules and regulations and handbooks and other documents they have flying around um, you know the referee has the ability to kind of show some discretion That's that is not um, a made up thing they do um, have the ability to do that based on what's going on in a game but Howard Webb um, just wants to save face all the time and I think you know when we're talking about bias and corruption and stuff like that um, my my reason for thinking it's not bias against us is just that I do see it happen to other teams someone said to me yeah it's not so much the teams it does happen to it's the teams it doesn't happen to which is another story in itself but where the bias comes from that lot is the bias is just trying to make themselves look great all the time. So when we had that, finally, um, they decided they would show us some sort of coverage from behind the scenes in some decision-making that's happened so far this season. Um, as an example, Howard Webb chose the Virgil van Dyke sending off as one for us to listen to the audio from. He didn't pick the McAllister one, which was later overturned. Now, that would have been a more interesting one to listen to. And this is the thing, when they do finally, finally, finally try and put a bit of transparency in, it's always, you know, whatever puts them in a good light, um, you can't criticise them, you can't question them. The FA's rules and laws and and regulations are all sort of weighted to say that, you know, referees are basically God, and even if they make a mistake, it's hard luck. Um, I mean, it's something we can touch on, actually. Liverpool's statement was... Basically, I'm not. I'll, I'll find it in a set so I can just get get more more from it. But I mean, the basic gist of what Liverpool were saying was this was bad. 
it really needs to be looked into. We can't keep having this going on. Why um, Why are the PGMOL saying that they're going to have a thorough investigation yet telling us straight away what they've decided the cause of it was? Um, you know, and Liverpool will look at all the avenues open to them. At no point did Liverpool say they want to replay. Um, maybe maybe that should be done, but that's not what Liverpool have asked for in that statement. Um, but again, it's, uh, it's, it's just... It's just like a barrage of, of absolute nonsense from from referees that are just trying and trying and trying to defend themselves. It's it's I'm I'm sort of losing my I wouldn't say I'm losing my rag. I tend to be quite calm about football a lot of the time, even when it does wind me up. Um, maybe not in a game, but you know, I'm usually much better than this. Two days later, and I'm still boiling about the whole thing, including um, the way that the narrative's changing now. That you know. Liverpool are doing wrong by by complaining. It's about time someone bloody complained. Yeah, well, you know, the statement by down the PGMOL that you know they'll they'll conduct an investigation. Who's going to conduct it? You know what I mean? How how are they rightfully going to conduct a, a thorough and fair investigation when they're investigating themselves? Yeah, do you know what I mean like that? That just that just smacks of corruption itself. And it's like when Boris Johnson said, "Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll decide who does the, the inquiry into me, and whether the report gets released." And you know, I mean, all that time with him as as, as, as prime minister, we had to listen to corruption fans listening from over the water. We'll have remembered it probably the same with Trump. And you know, politics is a pain in the ass, but why on earth are we getting it in football as well? It, it's mad, and you know, the it makes you sort of hard back to the, the the requests of some to have a have a football regulator now whether they can you know sort of be involved in this or not you know at least it might be able to to give an independent body of people who have the best interests of football and football fans at heart which is what I think what's the main basis of the of the independent football regulator as well as you know other things such as finances and control within the game but you know when when the referees are gonna, the whoever Howard Webber is as is, is circus of clowns are gonna conduct an investigation, and go right, did Bobo the clown do anything wrong here? No, 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 no. We just squirted water in someone's face. You know, it, it's all part of the game. Let's get on mm. with it. And and that's basically the the sort of mindset that we're going into this with. We're not going to get any clear and resolute answers from this because we don't expect to because it, it's just happening week on week, year on year. And the worst thing is. I've never known a season, you know, seven weeks in to have so many apologies, so many mistakes. And how long is this going to last? You know what I mean? Like, it, it towers Webb's first year as the the head of the referees after, you know, taking over from Mike Riley, another stale and gentleman who done a great job as a referee. Um, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, of the Red Persuasion in Manchester, that would be. Um, you know, it's, it's hardly filling people with confidence and you know the club put a statement out strongly worded cleverly worded I thought and I thought it was clever from from Jürgen um, not to lose his rag like we have you know because like, he's in a position of power but he's also in a position of being fired at um, and he's done it in the past you know he, he he's complained about let's just take for example European fixtures and then playing a half 12 on a Saturday then Eddie Howe had the cheek to complain the other week when we Newcastle played in Milan on a Tuesday night and then didn't play till Sunday afternoon so this team couldn't train well I'm sorry Eddie but you you haven't got a clue what you're doing if, if your team can't train 
after getting back from Milan on probably a Wednesday night, uh, a Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning, and not playing again until a Sunday. If you can't find time to train your team, you've got an issue with your organisation. When Jurgen Klopp is complaining about players returning from South America on a Thursday night and then being asked to play on a Saturday afternoon lunchtime, that that is unfair. But I suppose it's maybe a, a statement of, of what club you manage and maybe what your nationality is in terms of what sort of credit you get in the media for that. But it's being labelled already as, you know, them whinging scousers, them whinging Liverpool fans and tribalism is taking over when if actually football fans and journalists and people of public persuasion, you know, the likes of Gary Neville, who was rightly outraged on Saturday evening and there was a moment in time when I thought, what's Gary Neville doing defending us? Why is he why is he so adamant that Liverpool have been hard done by? But then Sunday obviously he's had you know, words in his ear from certain people remember that, you know, he wears a green and gold scarf around his neck and therefore he can't be allowed to defend Liverpool and he's quickly backtracked on the statements and, you know, said, well, an apologies enough now, we, we need to move on with this business. If they were wise and, you know, seeing the bigger picture here, every club suffers at one point in the season, every club suffers. It just so happens... Some clubs suffer more than others. Since Jacob Klopp's been here, we've had a negative 13 big decisions from VAR in our favour, where Manchester City have had a plus 13. So if, you, if you're laying that out in context, you know, with this 26 decision swing yeah. on VAR there, which is very, very fishy. Um, but maybe it's going to take big clubs such as Manchester United, where media darlings such as Gary Neville and Ray Keane and whatever to kick off and, and cause a right right outrage about it. Maybe it's gonna take Pep Guardiola or Michael Arteta, who is, you know, the golden child after Pep in, in the media or Eddie Howe as the new face of, you know, Newcastle's resurgence under the Saudi regime. Maybe it's gonna take one of them fellas to have their team rightly unjust and then, you know, there might be, you know, a public sway and a public sort of drive to get behind them because, you know, We've said it many a times before. Liverpool as a city, Liverpool as a club is looked down upon, and they're always seen as, you know, they're just whinging, crying, and you know, without using the word of, of what many other people will use, it begins with a V. You know that that that'll be the word that's being banded about. That, that yeah. that's what we are, and we're not because football fans are suffering. The game as itself is suffering now, and something needs to be done about it. And I have no faith that anything will be until one of the other big boys is affected by it. A few cities have been have been shit on the way this this one has in this country and um but there are others. There are other people who've been shit on. I think um I think maybe the reason this this city's got at it the most in some ways is because the people are generally speaking all of the same kind of mind if you like and you know I'll I'll want to look after each other and all the rest of it. And that kind of they're the kind of people that that, that tend to get shit on by society because People don't like that. People are jealous of that. And I've had the V word used at me. The well, I'll, I'll say it. I got I got one one tweet that said, "Here we go again, victim FC." Because it's just a saying to them. It means nothing. They've no realization what it is that they're saying. They don't give a damn. But you know the trolls, and you know we saw this week. There's trolls who got fined for for mocking the death of a young child who died from cancer because that's the kind of people that that still hang around the game of football. And we let them, you know, as as a country, we let them hang around the game of football. As a sport, we let them hang around. 
because we take too long to do anything about it and we wait for them to go too far before we do anything about it. We never try and nip it in the bud early. And, you know, those guys who did that, I know some other fans of their club sort of rallied around and put some money in his, into a fundraiser, you know, tried to, to do some good, which is good. But there's so many who have been quietly going, you know, well, what about when they did it? And this is one of the things that's been winding me up, is Liverpool had an absolutely abysmal um, the, uh, sort of treat of refereeing on Saturday and all through Twitter people were mentioning other games that it's happening, other teams it's happened to and how long ago you know. and then later on as time goes on people are going but what about this team and what about that goal and what about that offside, why should Liverpool get anything done about it when they didn't well, if you're going to keep saying that, nothing's ever going to get done you know, let's we've got to draw the line somewhere we've got to say enough's enough and I genuinely think now we're at a point where players are going to walk off the pitch when they get this kind of treatment um, Liverpool's statement only covers one incident and that one incident was basically that it just seems so stupid I just can't imagine any other walk of life where that would happen um, a goal was disallowed it was quite clearly disallowed nobody was celebrating the linesman's flag had gone up um, they were lining up ready to do the free kick for offside and the assistant sorry the VAR over in Stockley Park supposedly said um, check complete because he thought the goal had been allowed he saw it was onside and thought it had been allowed uh, Allowed, and that's one of the reasons the stuff about the lines being a bit mixed up I think because the idea being that he drew the lines um, but said, you know, didn't even bother showing them because it was quick. It was so obvious that it was uh, it was onside. But then you, like you said, there's just so many conflicting stories. The the sort of word that came out of PGMOL, their little not non apology, um, talking about human error. The next thing you know, there's various reporters be, who clearly been briefed by someone about what happened and this stuff about this is where we get this information from about how the VAR thought that the decision had been made the other way thought a goal had been allowed it, it just doesn't none of it adds up none of it adds up at all um, there's something that we're not being told about that so we need to find out what that is um, we I'll will find out you know. yeah. because James Pierce has just tweeted out five minutes ago that Liverpool had requested an audio of the the actual game good of that incident um, from the PGMOL and you know they, they made it public that they want this this being played and, and find out what was actually said um, and we're not letting it lie which is which is bang right what we should be doing like we don't let this lie you know we've seen fights that go on for years for justice and it, this is a different level um, of, of fight that we're having but they should know that we are going to let this it's just you know walk away and be pushing under the carpet because not even the word sorry has been mentioned you know at half our sorts of statements what um, was issued from the PGMOL and just, just on the the offside thing, and why maybe when this audio ever ever does get you know made public knowledge, if the fella who's on VAR thought he was checking for the onside decision, and the fella on the pitch was obviously aware it was an offside offside decision, but that's what his lines were slagged for. If the fella on VAR is doing his job correctly. When that game is then re-kicked off under the free kick and not a halfway restart because the game will have been equalised, 
it, or was it one, sorry, it was, was it 1 0 at that time? I can't remember. It, it yeah, we'd have gone ahead, I think. Yeah. We'd have gone ahead because um, we're down to 10 and then they scored just after. But when the score clock in the corner is not chased and the free kick is taken from midway in the Tottenham half where the lines were wrongly flagged and not taken on the halfway line and the game resets, he has contact with, I'm going to say, the fourth official and the referee. He should have been screaming down that microphone. You know, do you have a little buzzer on their arm, which we see in a delay in the start of our game the other week? I think it was against Aston Villa because the referee's little buzzer on his arm weren't working yeah. and his mic to the VAR. So we had to delay the start of our game until they had full, you know, radio contact with each other. He should have been screaming, Whoa there, Simon. You don't go any further with this game, my friend. Yeah. Because I think it's a goal. And I've checked it with the technology to my hands. And it's an onside. It's an onside. It's a goal. So what are you doing starting the game there? And it should have been relayed there and then. It shouldn't have been allowed to get any further. You know, games have been full-time whistled in Man United's case. And a VAR check's been going on and a penalty has been given after the full-time whistle. You know, there's been incidents where you see a game and they go, there's a VAR check taking place because TV broadcasters get an inside loop on what's going on with VAR I think it was Jackie Oakley um, who works at the BBC and other, other um, production companies I think TNT is another one and she said you know there's numerous checks out in game we hear yeah. on our feed check complete check ongoing you know check cleared or whatever it is and you were told that the check was complete but if a check is complete and it's found that a referee needs to stop a game and go to a monitor or reverse a decision, the referee can blow up the whistle at any point if a game's been played on and stop the play there and then and say, hang on a minute, stop there, lads. There's something that we need to look at. We need to take it back. Why it was never done? Because the ball didn't... I don't remember the ball going out to play. And then, you know, three or four or five minutes later, whatever it was, Tottenham went down to the end and scored and completely flipped the game on its head. That referee has messed up by not being told and not being checking, you know, was checking play for four for offside. There should be a more of a clarification of communication in the VAR fella and his so-called assistants who should be also doing the job should be flagging someone up and saying, this can't go on, this game can't continue. And when Simon Hooper has then clearly been told later on, almost a minute, 90 seconds later, no, no, it was a goal. He should have blew the whistle and went, sorry lads, we'll have to stop this. Yeah, I mean, goal. yeah, you blow the whistle and you walk over to the fourth official and you have a chat and you say, oh my God, what, this, what the hell have we done? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter 
at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. We need to put it right. Do you agree that nothing's happened in this minute and a half? It's, they've had to throw it. Let's let's rewind play to then. Let's add this minute and a half on at the end of the half. Um, you know, added time. And let's let's make it right. And it would have caused controversy about people saying, oh, this is bad, and it would have been embarrassing for them, I'm sure. Well, you know what? Suck it up. You've screwed up. You are the embarrassment here. Um, at least then the embarrassment is that everyone saw you were a bit shit at your job. And But at least sort of like the, the justice, if you like, was done in that. The goal was now awarded as it should have been. And, you know, who's to say that it would have made any difference in the end anyway? Liverpool could still have conceded, could still have conceded at the last minute. Um, that's not the point. The point is we didn't get to see that. We got to see an absolutely awful spectacle. And the truth is, it had already become a mountain to climb for us before this happened. Um, Curtis Jones, um, I mean, we'll talk about Gary Neville in a sec, but even Gary Neville was saying that what Curtis Jones did was was never, ever a red card. I remember Curtis angrily wondering why the referee's even putting his hand in his pocket for the yellow because he's thinking it wasn't a foul. It was like it literally the kind of thing that happens in football all the time. Two players go for the ball. Two players get there at pretty much the same time. Um, they both touch the ball at the same time. One of them, you know, <laughs> one foot is bound to go over the ball to some extent when that happens. It is what happens. Um, if the Spurs player... He might well have been hurt by it, but people get hurt in football. You know, there's no way that every single time a player goes in the dressing room and looks at some stud marks on his leg that it's down to actual fouling. It can just be down to two players trying to get the ball and it's just not quite working out. And and not every every red card incident leaves studs on someone's legs. But it was cut to me. He was pushing it to be a yellow and you could tell from the reaction from Curtis. And I, I don't class Curtis as a dishonest player. He's one of the few players... You know, one you know one of the few players in the whole game, if you like, who I think I can trust. Think he says what he thinks, and um, he if he knew he'd done wrong, I don't think he'd have been protesting like he did. And that was just for the yellow. He was fuming about the yellow. But then, and I believe Liverpool are going to appeal now because when the VAR and he must have been having one of his five minutes away then um, told the ref to look again, they left it a still image that basically made it look like Curtis had put his studs right through in a leg-breaking tackle. The only replay they showed was a little bit of a slow-motion one. But that still image was on the screen for the whole of the time that that referee was walking towards that screen. That's what he saw. Then he saw a slow-motion from one angle. And I think you tweeted about it, and, you know, it's spot on. Anywhere else where there's any kind of evidence going to be shown for something, um, you know... (laughs) The prosecution in a court case might put that forward, but before that, the defence are going to get the chance to sort of have it explained. There's nothing. The prosecution, in other words, the VAR man, half asleep, said, nah, that should be a red. Here's why. Here's the proof in this still image, and here's this really biased uh, replay I'm going to show you. It got to the point where I'm thinking, when it comes to bias, who, who's, who does the fast-forwarding, rewinding and pausing? Is it is it the VAR man, or is it some operator who's in the room? And is the operator a Spurs fan? I mean... This is how bad it's getting. That was just... It feels like it's schoolboy stuff. Like it, If there was like a schoolboy course on how to be a VAR, they'd be doing it at primary school. That, you know, you show the incident in real time from different angles, and the only time slow motion is meant to come into play is if you really... You know, you've kind of already made your mind up and you're just really trying to tell 
um, maybe the order of events and things like that. But, you know, slow motion isn't meant to be brought in that way. Yeah, there it was, a still and then slow motion and no real-time stuff. You you present the, the final course before actually showing what's happened. And yeah, I made the analogy of like a car crash. Yeah. So, well, the, the game was a car crash in terms of the referee and the officiating of it. But, you know, if, if a judge and a jury are showing, you know, a, an instant where a person has lost a life due to a car crash and they're showing the end result where, you know, a car has ploughed into somebody else and, you know, two cars have collided and the one has gone up the back of the other one or one has gone into the side of another car, let's say, and a person has tragically lost their life. And the first image that the judge and jury are presented with is the car crash, you know, the the, the final scene. And the OK, right, making mind up on that. They're going to go, well, the driver who drove to the side of the car is clearly a false. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's, let, let's take it back and... You know, the conditions might be icy. He's had a blowout and his tyres blew up. He's lost control of the vehicle. He's tried to brake. He's, you know, unfortunately lost control of the vehicle and ended up ploughing it to the side of someone else. Sheer accidents. These things can happen. That's what happened in that in that case. You know, a ball is round. Science will tell you a ball will roll and move. So if two people, in this case, pursuing a Jones, had approached it from either side, one person is probably going to have more force going into the ball than the other and that will have been Jones because he won the ball first and as a consequence his momentum obviously is taking his foot over the ball straight away he apologises you know what I mean he stood there hands up in the air sorry I didn't mean to hurt him you know I mean? he knows what he's done mm-hmm. in terms of his made contact with his foot or his ankle and he knows you know he's, he's hurt the fella because he's probably been on the end of a few of them himself you know, everybody has who's played football, you've gone for the 50-50 and one person is going to come out with the ball, the other one is probably going to come out with a sore foot. Yeah. But you get on with it. You know, I, he was there willing to apologise to the fella. A, a yellow card was probably fair in terms of what the, the game is now that he'd made contact with him. Um, but then presenting the screen like that and showing it in slow-mo is ridiculous. You watch any sort of you know, instance, any sort of sport where they have video replays, you know, let's just take cricket and a, a ball is bowled at 85 mile an hour and it bounces off the surface and uneven bounce and it clatters into a cricket player's ribs or, you know, right underneath the uh, the armpits and, yeah. you know, that can do some damage. You slow that in slow-mo and you see the ball rattle into the body and, you know, the effect of it hitting them, you're going to wince. But if that's the final picture and it's not taken into effect, you know, there's none even bounce in the picture or whatever, then, you know, these things are just accepted as a sport on incidents. And, you know, it's a team sport, it's a contact sport at the end of the day. Things like this are going to happen. But going in with that still image on the screen, you know, the decision's made up. And I think it was Dave on Raw basically said, like, you know, it's, it, it does beg the question is the VAR official basically saying look Simon uh, I think that's a red so you best walk over to the screen I'm going to show you why it's a red and I'm going to leave that image all the way on the screen for the whole stadium to see Yeah, and then it's even showed on the big screen afterwards you heard the ooh that, and the ahs. yeah what happened to not that, showing controversial incidents in, on the big that screen shouldn't be done. that shouldn't be done because not every ground has got the right to do it we haven't got a screen in our ground for you know for one no. reason or another we haven't so therefore we can't it shouldn't be shown it's wrong especially an instance such as that um, 
And, you know, in reference to other sports, I happened to be flicking through the telly last night and, you know, the rugby union was on. I don't watch rugby, but I just happened to catch it at the moment when there was a, you know, a video review. And the TMO, as he's called in rugby, um, and the people sat behind the screen, they're in full conversation, which you can hear with the on-field official. And then a decision is made as to, you know, you want to see different angles um, and the, 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 the referee on the field can see them on the screen in rugby because that's allowed to see different reasons, yeah. uh, different angles and, and reasons as to why they come to a decision. And he stands and explains to the player in question for whatever foul it was. I don't understand. I apologise for anyone who does know rugby and I don't. As to why a decision was made and the fella basically said, okay, I understand that. Nice one, you know, uh, mate. Um, and he's polite as well most of I, the time. I, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that you've spoke to me and explained and you've given me the time to explain how you got to that decision yeah and rugby is a sport which is brutal in terms of physicality but the man in the middle whatever colour shirt he's wearing mostly usually a yellow shirt or something like that unless like the Aussies are playing in yellow um, you know he has the command and the respect of all them fellas on the pitch who if they wanted to be could much be very physically imposing on this fella in the middle but the referee speaks to them as adults yeah and they speak to him as an adult and decisions are explained and there's a whole campaign now of the PGMOL and the key word that underpins all is respect oh. well that respect has gone well out the window when Van Dyke sort of lost his rag and was sent off against Newcastle and fined 100 grand and banned for an extra game for you know an emotional outburst and okay foul language will have been used because them things can happen when you lose your temper but when a week later Jordan Pickford gesticulates to a referee foul language can be seen calling the referee by his name yeah. and saying foul language at the outrage of a decision which didn't go his way nothing you know we've had a, a case where Alexis McAllister was fouled I think it was against Bournemouth earlier on in the season and he was booked because he was waving an imaginary card there's two instances from the Saturday game which have been put out there where Richarlison is within a yard of the referee's face gesticulating that he wants a yellow card nothing given no. with Doggy when he was running across Jota and Jota received his, yellow, his first yellow card and he's on the floor who is also by the way on the yellow card at this point gesticulating for the yellow card nothing so where's the consistency that's the main thing we're asking for that there is no consistency but the respect from referees has gone well out the window and that's what they're asking for. If they can gain the respect like referees and umpires and officials have in many other sports that use, you know, video technology to explain decisions. And not there's even sports that don't have video technology, but the official in charge who's there to enforce the rules of the game and make sure the game passes off in a fair and equal manner have the respect of all the the participants but football is the one outlier why that, that's, that's what we need to know why because they can't give it to the players anymore so the players aren't giving it back to them and it's broken and we need to find a way to fix it because at the moment the way it's going the sports and football is absolutely damaged and ruined yeah uh, and I mean Darren England is from South Yorkshire from Doncaster Howard Webb used to be a South Yorkshire police officer um, we all know that that's one of the reasons that that people in this country 
hate people from Liverpool because they took the side of the police in what happened in 1989. And I still um, regularly see stuff from people from from different parts of South Yorkshire where you can tell they still believe what the police said and they just they just do. And it's and it's sad. And that builds, you know, and that's that's just you know one part of the country that has a dislike for the people of Liverpool. Um, there are large parts of the northwest outside of Liverpool where people are like that, as we've said before. It's why you know just being just because you're from Wigan or Olsingham, um and you say you don't support Manchester United, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a bias towards Liverpool. And um, it, it just felt like a bias. I just don't see how there can be that lack of consistency so strongly. Um, apparently, what what Liverpool have, have asked according to James Pearce, they've um, they, you know, in the statement they wanted. Uh, demanding full transparency. Liverpool believe it's a crucial step to establishing both how and why Diaz's goal was wrongly disallowed if they receive the audio that happened between the officials. And I hope they ask for the audio for the full 90 minutes. And, you know, if they want any help sifting through, I'll gladly sift through it for them. Um, as sure as I'm sure others will and find it, you know, any sort of evidence, any sort of examples of where, um, whether basically the so-called professional GMOL is not very professional, they're just being amateurish. And, you know, on Saturday, it felt like most of football kind of stood with us, if that's the right phrase. You know, as you said, even Gary Neville was was sticking up for us. Um, but then, yeah, yeah. As, as always, as you said, gets a few calls off his mates, his mank mates, telling him, what are you doing sticking up for Liverpool? Um, you know, he said on Twitter about the Liverpool statement that it's a mistake. Uh, talk of exploring all options uh, in brackets. What does that mean with three exclamation marks? Well, Gary, it means exploring all options. It means having a look what can be done because you've been shit on. Anyway, um, and sporting integrity. So saying exploring all options and sporting integrity are dangerous phrases, along with being vague and aggressive. I mean, God, you can imagine why he used to be, you know, he must have been bullied a lot as a kid, that lad. If he, if he finds those as aggressive, I'm not really sure... Um, really sure what's, what what is wrong with him other than you know as we've said before um, who who's told him to say it has he had some kind of um, encouragement to say it? but one one person who's responded it um, is Omid Jalili of all people he said um, he's quoted the tweet and said Gary's hands are tied so he's spouting corporate nonsense here and minimising a major incident uh uh, Omid says he was at the uh, Chelsea West Ham game in September last year, and what would have been a good last minute equaliser for West Ham was charts off for a supposed foul by Jared Bowen on the Chelsea keeper. Uh, Mendy in the build up, the decision was scandalous. The referee's body have since apologised for the decision, but judging a foul is not as clear as judging offside. This is the first time a goal has been wrongly charts off in an offside decision. Um, well, it probably is the first time as clearly as that. And football fans are reacting because you're either offside or you're not. And he says, as lovers of the game, we have every right to know exactly what went wrong. That it doesn't happen again is also how the game evolves. Um, and his example is, if airline said after every crash, oh, it's a fuck up, we've all done it, there would be no airline industry. The first phase of an investigation, and yes, the analogy fits as chalking off a good goal for offside, he's metaphorically a crash, is to obtain the data relevant to the mistake for planes, it's the black box. For Premier League football, it's the conversation between VAR and the referee. It needs to be released into the public domain. The fact they haven't means something very wrong has taken place. And, I mean, it's worth having a read of his tweet. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, you know, and he's basically laid into 
Gary Neville on that, who's just taken this typical, typical childish comic book version of football that they always have where they don't take anything seriously, looking for headlines, um, you know, probably trying to get themselves a sun column or something, somewhere where truth doesn't matter. I, I just find it astounding that they're still paid to do stuff on the TV when they're like that because Liverpool have mentioned sporting integrity because it, it does wreck sporting integrity. Will Liverpool get a replay? I very much doubt it. The way the, the laws of the game and the regulations are set up mean you won't. But, you know, maybe this is the point where we say, in future, if something like that happens, that will be the outcome. There will be a replay next time this happens. But what we'll do is, we really do not want that to happen. So we're bringing in transparency. We're improving how things are done. And, you know, we're going to minimise the risk of it happening. But because we realise how serious it was in future... If that kind of thing happens, there will be a replay. Um, referees will be sacked if that's what it takes. And, you know, especially if they just come back 48 hours before from the UAE for a bit of a jolly. And I'd like to know who got the money for that as well. Was it just the refs or was there some, uh, some money going to other people in PGML? I don't know. But the Premier League pay that body £15 million a year and this is what they get. Can they not ask for the money back? Get someone else to do it. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN Make sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. The... Wow, I don't, I don't know where you start. There's so, there's so much content there to build up. We'll, we'll, well, we'll start with the game level thing because this podcast won't be released before Monday Night Football is on Sky Television. Um, it'll probably be Tuesday, I'd imagine, by the time listening, I guess, to hear this. And at that point, you will know if Gary Neville has been on Monday Night Football, um, being all in the studio with Carragher and special guest Frank Lampard, I'm aware, is, is the special guest from Monday Night Football tonight, which is interesting to say the least, given his... Um, club connections of previous, you know, Everton, City, Chelsea, to name a few. Um, you know what what his thoughts are on the instance from the weekend. But yeah, if well, we need we want to know what what Carragher's thoughts are. We, we've seen them all. You put them out there in the social domain via his, his media um, on on his public opinion. Will he be of any difference given the employer of the program production in Monday Night Football? Will Gary Neville be present? Will Gary Neville be on commentary um, for the game of Fulham versus Chelsea? And will he have any sort of more statements to make on that? And um, will be interesting to see and hear if he does. Um, and 
you know, he shouldn't be throwing stones when he lives in a glass house, considering all the comments he makes about United and the Glazers and Salford and his ownership and so on and so forth. I think we'll just shelve Gary Neville there um, for now. Um, I have had a quick scan through Ahmed Jalili's sort of comments back and fair play to him. He's given in, you know, two battles to him and with fair and right criticism and evidence to back it up, you know, and, you know, that's what these people don't seem to like is that support of evidence and using other sports which we've we spoke about a few minutes ago as as evidence to show you know how referees can be respected and so on um i don't i don't know what what will will now come of this because because we're we're at a loss aren't we and in and to see where we go and um, i guess because things are moving so quickly and there's there's a week between fixtures between in the Premier League obviously there's, there's European football taking place this week it kind of it gives the opportunity you know for, for the transparency to be out there and I think it's probably a case that certain things will be made available you know if, if we're after the audio then if they're not willing to release it it adds to the point that there's there's probably something being hidden. You know, if you've got nothing to hide, then then put it out there. Let let them all hear it. You know, or are we now maybe going to get this audio? Let's just say Wednesday thirty this week, and then that would then play into the conspiracy of well, has it been edited? Do you know what I mean? Like like yeah. in reference to the, to the black box of of a plane that records everything. Well, the, these lads have have had time to get the story straight. You know, and, and a an edited version of said audio could be, you know, put together in order to fit their their story and their analogy. Um, you know, in in, in reference to analogies used as, as crimes and such, you know what I mean? Like they're getting the story straight, they're getting the lawyers briefed and they're getting yeah. all the ducks in a row before things are released to public domain. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't be impossible for them to have released it today, Monday morning. You know, they they've they obviously got it there on tape. Like throw it out there Monday morning, whatever it is. If you've done wrong, and Mister England has made a mistake because you know it's been moonlighting in the UAE, um, and you know it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out. You know UAE control a huge, powerful club in this country who have dominated and had a lot of decisions run their way, and that would be pure conspiracy, maybe on my half. Well, on the day they lost as well. Yeah, you know, the day they lost, the day when Liverpool could have went top of the league and an official who's been gaslighting in, in the UAE travels back and apparently makes such such a, a balls up of, of decisions. Um, not for the first time against Liverpool, that will be made to add, you know, you, you think back to, to, I think it was last season when we played Arsenal, um, a blatant handball in the box by Gabriel and Jota, who happened to be the player involved in that one, wasn't given. You know, there was a VAR glitch where Saka was given a goal, um, or it was involved in a goal um, when he was clearly offside. But there was a VAR glitch in the fella who happened to be in charge that way was that in England. Um, and there's been other instance where he'd been involved, even beyond the pitch or as a VAR official in in Liverpool game. So, you know, to certainly questions to be asked of his integrity but it 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 just makes more questions than answers that it's taken this long now 
um, for things to come out. And as I said earlier on, I, I do fear that, you know, we've, we've appealed Curtis Jones's red card. Um, will we get that overturned to a, to back to a yellow? Probably not. Will we get the ban reduced? I imagine we will as a, some sort of, you know, a little sweetener to say, look, yeah, we, we've not cared to start from a fleet or one. Um, you know, Jota won't get his overturned because I don't think they can overturn two yellow cards. And Which is something they, they, they could introduce that, though. They could introduce they, it where there's been two yellows, but no. The, 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 the thing with that one is it's common sense. Like, it's common sense on behalf of Jota to know that he's booked to not dive in so soon after and give the referee yeah. an easy yeah. decision. But it's common sense on the referee to, you know, say to Jota, look, no more of that. I've just booked you 60, 70 seconds ago. Don't ruin yourself. Don't ruin, you know, don't get yourself sent off and have your team down to nine men. Any more of that and you'll be off. And How many times have you heard booze at Anfield because some opposition players just like sent one of ours flying he's already on a yellow. And the referee's just gone over and given him like a forty-five second talking to about you know basically giving reading the right act and in other words giving him like a last chance you know you're on a yellow that then was definitely another yellow um, don't do it again and the game goes on we're all angry at the time you know and we make you know make big fusses and things about it but we get on with the game don't we um, I can't remember that referee on Saturday doing a single bit of going over to someone and having a quick word with. Them. Not one. That's that. That's what a referee is supposed to do. No, he's in, he's there to enforce the law, laws of the game with common sense, with football and knowledge. And it seems like this fella had none of it. And at that time, when Josh was sent off, we've only made one sub. We we, we brought him on a half time to replace Cody Gapo, who, by the way, was injured in a challenge from Udogi, where Udogi won the ball but then ran over his ankle, mm. which led to. And the injury, which we assume is what Gakpo's suffering from, given he left in a knee brace, and we will find more on that this week. And I'm sure you could show that from a certain angle at a certain speed does, to make does it, it does, cut and dry case it, of a red card. But now there's a still image where Doggy's knee is over Gakpo's ankle while Gakpo is still stood up. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you, if you show that image, that's a leg breaker or an ankle breaker. But we we digress on that one. But at, at the time, you know. Jota's the only substitution that we've made at this point. He's booked on 68, he's sent off on 69, and then on 73 minutes, we make three changes. Klopp, you know, had common sense prevailed, and the referee had gone over to Diogo and said, look, just booked your meat. If it was the wrong decision, it was the wrong decision, we'll blast by that by. Yeah. Any more, and you're going to walk. And then Klopp and his team can basically go, right, you know what, get Darwin stripped, get him on, get anyone stripped, and get the ogre off this pitch because his head's going to blow and we're already down to 10 and we might give ourselves a shot you know 10 versus 11 they couldn't beat us at 10 versus 11 they couldn't beat us at 9 versus 11 until Matip unfortunately put through his own net yeah do you know what I mean so so we we might have even got away with that one and not only got away with the points but we've seen in you know a couple of games this season we've got away with victories when we've had 10 men because we're that that good Um, you know it's it's ruined it's ruined the game of football and there's not many good football teams in this league and Orson Spurs as we've started the season have shown to be good football teams and that was potentially you know one of the best games on paper so far this season 
and it was ruined by lack of the competency of the referees and the officials and nobody is speaking about Spurs victory Spurs fans are getting the knickers in the twist saying oh, well, no one's given us the credit for actually winning that game you know wait because all the speaking about is Liverpool and the VAR and the officials well you know that's just what it is you know the, the referees are ruining football and yeah. you just aren't seeing the bigger picture that's what the people are understanding get behind us see what we're asking for and unite as fans as supporters as officials uh, as journalists you know as managers if we all unite against this one body that is ruining football maybe change will happen and maybe football will be better yeah I mean how on with the ticket prices for away fans you know people started getting together and agreeing with each other it has to change that you know fans have been charged way too much because it was time and again clubs were charging away fans like 20 quid more for the equivalent ticket than a home fan would, would pay in the same ground and stuff um, you know and, and people like Spirit of Shankly and other groups from other clubs got together and made a big deal of it and we started to see change um, I see Spirit of Shankly have spoken about this as well and I think this is what it's going to take it's going to take fans and you know what if, if journalists are happy and there's only a few of them I reckon that are happy to sort of play this game of you know having to go at Liverpool for speaking out about it when finally someone you know they should be embracing the fact that finally a club has taken the decision to speak out and I'm glad the club did because I mean, Klopp had his hands tied in it, in what he could say, but even he was clever in what he said. Um, I think also as well, just quickly, um, Henry Winter's come up with some good stuff you were pointing out before. I'll not not go through it all now, but if you've got a chance, go on Twitter and find Henry Winter's um, six points on on things that you that, that would make a difference. He's said a lot of the stuff we've said today. He's also saying about playing the, the audio live in the grounds, which I definitely think some of the audio should be live in the ground. I think... Um, it's all well and good doing these great hand signals and that kind of tells you the stuff doesn't it but you know how much better would it be if there was a little bit of an explanation you know um, when Van Dyke got his red nobody knew really what that was about until people started picking it apart and, and finding this minuscule bit of contact which you know what you might still disagree that that was a red card but at least you know why it was given at the time people are thinking there wasn't any contact it was just you know, it was just a bad decision. So explain it. You know, it makes a massive difference. Um, I think we could be here all day talking about the dodgy refs. I mean, we've done way longer already than maybe we thought we'd do. And I don't even feel like we've scratched the surface on it all. Um, so I think maybe just to end it really is on a bit of a positive is that, um, you know, off the field we can fight and it sounds like we're going to fight the PGMOL and the FA. I hope we do. I hope we really really get into this and really show them that they're wrong and things have to change um, we're on the field as well um, I mean there were times last season when we played against 11 and we were hopeless, we looked complacent the pressing was awful, all the rest of it we kept talking about the players tired we were asking if they'd fallen out with clock. we didn't know, you know we were so worried that something you know really underhand had gone on that you know this was the end of the Klopp era Klopp 2.0 as he calls it, I mean you know the result wasn't great, but my God, those lads who played on Saturday, they they made us proud. It made me proud anyway. Yeah, I think we've we've seen enough so far in the in the games we've played this season. You know, it's it's not ideal going behind so much as we do, but we've we've seen the fight. We've seen the Brendan Rodgers way of character. Yeah, yeah. To, to you know to, to come back um, in. The situations where we have had men sent off, uh, 
which has been a rare occurrence. You know, we've we've had the fair play award that we the last few years because of we've been so so good on the pitch. And maybe now it's you know we can't have that award anymore, so we'll have to send them a few players off and make sure that they don't get it. Yeah. Um, but we've we've seen you know our backs against the wall, um, and we've seen our team win in multiple ways. We've not yet seen a full complete ninety minutes from us, which you know may well come as the season goes on. Um, but every every lad who stepped on the pitch on Saturday in a red shirt, whether they played, you know, fifteen, twenty, or ninety-seven minutes, as it as it turned out in the case of, of a few of the lads, um, you know, they they done every single fan watching that game as a Liverpool fan, whether you're in the stadium or whether you're watching it at home or in the pub or whatever, they done you proud. Um, and even just a quick shout out for Darwin who. She ran on the pitch at a full time and probably wanted to to let his feelings be known. <laughs> um, was restrained by Vita Matos, uh, one of the coaches, but then then goes over to the away fans and acknowledges the fact that them them lads and ladies in that end have had to stand there and witness what went on in that game. You know the the, the unjust doings in that game, and he goes over and he's beating his chest and he he's tapping the, the badge on the shirt. And if we had about ten men. And you know we we would have been able to you know get Josh off the pitch and replace him. I I was convinced Darwin was going to come on and win that game for us. As it so happened, we had to change tact. We had to go into a more defensive mindset, and we weren't allowed to to unleash him um, and wreak the havoc that he can do. But but well, he gets it. You know he's been here a year now. And we said it before in recent podcasts that he's took time to set up, but he's settled now. He knows he knows what it means to wear that Liverpool shirt. He, yeah. He puts the effort in, and his name is banded about so loud at the at Anfield. Um, you know, for for the efforts that he puts in, and that's just a microcosm of what this squad is. You know, if it's if it's Klopp or Liverpool two point or whatever, sign me up because because this team has got something that we didn't see last year. This this team has got a fight. It's got the grip between its teeth and putting us into a corner like we've been this weekend. It's only going to make us stronger, and we've got a European game at all on Thursday. Then we go to Brighton. Then we've got one of them lovely international breaks. But the first game back at Anfield is the derby, and it might be our swell, but you can guarantee that place is going to be red hot because the fans are going to want to get behind that team and they're going to want to drive us on. And I can't wait for it. And we've got a couple of podcasts that we were planning before. Then this one was an impromptu one. But it felt like we had to get it out there because, as you said, we've discussed so much, and there's still, you know, numerous items left on the table that we could discuss for hours on end. And between now and our next podcast, I'm sure there'll be a hell of a lot more that comes out. Um, so hopefully the listeners won't get bored of us, and there's plenty to listen to because there's plenty to discuss. And yeah, it it just keeps us going in the wrong manner, but we're back on the pitch on Thursday and if we can get to Anfield and put on a good solid European display put another three points on the board and dispatch a, a new team in the European game coming to Anfield then I'm sure we'll feel a whole lot better than what we probably do now it won't break the wrongs but it'll go some way to making us feel a bit better definitely and I, I think everyone listening to this or most people listening to this unless someone found it by accident is probably going to agree with what we've said at least in essence because it was a mess it was wrong um, Liverpool did fight back. I was trying to think of all the things that have happened just to sum up. 
Curtis Jones getting sent off, a fake offside. Since then, we've had the fine for the bookings that's probably going to come because we had so many booked. We found out that the officials who'd messed up had been um, in the UAE um, on the Thursday, like less than 48 hours before kickoff. I think they arrived home on the Friday some point, and there's even rumours that they were even late in there at Stockley Park, but we'll not go into them. There was Salah getting booked for being fouled when maybe it should have been a pen or imaginary yellows that were ignored and you know Jota getting a yellow which ended up became half of his sending off for just literally standing behind someone who fell over um, there was no contact that I could see when I watched the replays Liverpool are going to appeal um, we're all going to fight together I think I mean that's what I like about this we, we love a good fight we love a good um, you know a good campaign and I think we need we really do need to campaign and I think as fans and as a club and as a city, what we did for Hillsborough wasn't just about making it right for those who'd lost their lives and making it right for all the people who'd suffered, all the victims, all the families who'd lost people or found that their loved ones were, were not the same anymore. Part of the reason we did that was for this for everybody else as well, because we didn't want anyone else to have to go through what we went through. And this is on a different scale. I mean, this this is trivial. This is only football. This is so trivial compared to what happened then. But even so... In a, in a in a sort of different way, but much the same sort of philosophy. The same thing applies. We we aren't doing this just for us. We're doing this for everyone. I don't want to hear that some other team won the league because of some crap referee decision. I don't want to hear uh, people say to us even that we only won a game because of some crap referee. And I want I want us to say we've won the league because we had great players. We've won the league because Klopp had a tactical mastermind in in the key game of the season. That's where I want to hear. I don't want to hear about referees. Referees should be sort of seen and not heard. And the moment, they think they're the centre of the show, so they aren't. So the only way we can make sure of that is, is to appeal. And I hope, you know, as fans, we're all going to stick together. I hope fans of other clubs can join us. Um, and I hope as well, one thing for sure, I hope we win that appeal for Curtis Jones. I hope that if we get turned down immediately, we, we force it to an appeal so they have to release written reasons because then there'll be so much stuff will go and get released about what went on and if they do win the appeal I can't wait to see Curtis lining up at Anfield for the derby because you know what <laughs> he's some player and in a way it's what happened to him that kicked off what's happened this weekend and I think that will be a good little good little bookend to it all he comes back plays in the derby and yeah we all know what we want to happen Thanks again for listening. We will be back soon, and maybe, maybe we'll be back sooner than expected, like we were this time. But as always, thanks to Jay, thanks to you, and yeah, let's all let's all fight for something good because this team is going places. Whatever anybody else tries to do to stop us, we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go... We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.